0: Good morning, Faith Fellowship. Good morning. Good to uh, see you all. If you have your Bible, be turning to Acts chapter 13. Imagine that. Still not, still not out of it. <laughs> I'm going to try to be Pastor Sam and see if I can just stay in this chapter for the next 36 years. <laughs> As you know, uh, last week, man, was just a really uh, critical um, message for me personally, just looking at how good of a father that we have through the patience, the long suffering that he has had for Israel. And just what that looks like, even for us, we will see that there is a benefit to us as a result of that long suffering love that he has for them and so I uh, just want to bring you all up to speed as, as sometimes as a while you guys know second Sunday, I'll, I'll be out and then one of our uh, growing uh, leaders will either be teaching or brother James himself, which I don't know where James is today. Is he preaching? Okay, okay. So yeah, we need to be praying for him. I see Rosie's in the house. So you guys on Zoom land be praying for uh, brother James. But um, so, you know, I, there are times that I'm away. So now we've got new faces and maybe you didn't, you haven't been with us. So I need to catch you up to what it is that we've been looking at. So again, like I said, in Acts 13, the one thing we want to see is, you know, kind of what are we seeing in this chapter? And uh, the Holy Spirit says, separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work one to I have called them. And we see that in uh, Acts 13, chapter 2. It says, as they ministered to the Lord, and we kind of looked at that in more detail and just saying that notice that they were working and then they got called to do something else. That a lot of times it's not like this whole idea that I'm just going to sit on my hands and wait for the Lord to call me. No, I'm busy about my father's business. And from that position, the Lord will say, hey, come out. I got something else for you to do. So we often say this a lot of times, this is important for you to learn, especially those of you that are growing leaders in this class and in our church, is that, man, you may have a heart for, a burning heart for a place, or you want to go visit, or you want to go help out in another ministry, perhaps it is in Tampa or Lee Summit or, or Boston, but the one thing that I would just say right now before we perhaps have that conversation is, what are you doing here at MBT? You know, make sure that what you're doing here at MBT is, is working out to making sure that you are investing in the souls of men. Man, you, you got to be a part of a Bible study. You want to be, you know, in discipleship or, or taking somebody through discipleship. Perhaps you're an LFI or something of that nature, because the shites can tell you the work that they were doing here is no different than what they were doing there. It may be in function, but the intent is the same man, get the gospel out and equip God's children for the work. That's what they're doing. Okay, so you got to make sure you're doing that. And we see that lived out here in verse two. Now, the next thing, what was the work that they were doing uh, in this chapter that we've kind of seen throughout over the last few weeks? And if you don't know, we have our webpage, and I believe, now, Miller will have to help me with this. Is it media that you go to that has where the sermons are? Okay, so you go to media and then you would find Faith Fellowship and then the audio for the last few weeks should be up. If you just typed in Acts 13 or Acts, it should pull up that. If you're in Faith Fellowship, if you just do it, if there's a search outside of that, it's going to pull up. Brandon's, mine, I think all of us have had time in Acts. And so Uh, If you want to hear where we have been, then um, you can look at that. Something else that I want to just bring to your attention in terms of the work that the that the Holy Spirit had called them unto. Well, let's just look at those categorically. One was to preach the word. And we see that in verse five. And it says, and when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews and they had also John to their ministers. So we find out something else. It's not just Paul and Barnabas that go, that John Mark also goes. And you see there that they are preaching in the synagogues. The thing that they are preaching is, is obviously that, hey, this crucified Christ that you, I know you've heard about. I mean, I don't know if there's some kind of news publication. It's not as old back as like you would think stone tablets like the Flintstones, but it's pretty far enough back that it's not like a newspaper or a magazine around right and so but i don't I, I don't care who you are. you know about that event i don't imagine there's a soul anywhere that didn't know that that had taken place, right and so they are clarifying for them just in case they didn't know, hey, that crucified Christ that is now resurrected is the messiah right and so it's important to kind of get that out and also In addition to that, now there is this thing where they can, you can put your trust in him, right? And so here is that discussion taking place. The other thing that they were doing is engaging in spiritual warfare. And if you remember, we were talking about this with Alumas and Sergius Paulus, you know, this relationship between the sorcerer and the governor of this particular area where now, okay, we're going to look at trying to get Paul and Barnabas here, but man, the sorcerer wants to keep the the gospel away. And so the work that they're being called into is not only to preach the word, but then to engage in spiritual warfare. We see that in seven and eight, and that just says, which was the deputy of the count of the country, excuse me, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Alamos, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy From the faith. So now, okay, this is really important for the growing believer that maybe um, is not battle tested yet. Just because you made a decision to follow after the Lord does not mean it will not be easy. And right away, a lot of times, man, you go and do the thing that the Lord has called you to. Now, the first one I said is preach the word. Man, that sounds pretty good. And in this event, Things went well at the synagogue. This isn't like what we normally would see happen at a synagogue where there's rocks and fighting and all of that. It actually is fairly mild. But then they get to another spot, and now they have this issue with Alamos. It's a big deal. And this could be the thing that can be a little bit unnerving. See, listen, I I want you to understand something. Um, You are constantly, as long as you have breath, when you have put your trust in the name of Jesus Christ, believe that he is who He said he is and everything that he has done on the cross and you reconcile your sin and his righteousness and that your sin will keep you forever away from God. And it's only through his righteousness that you can have that. And now you have called on him and okay, so now you're saved, you're a part of that. Forever you will be conformed to the image of Christ until you are dead. And that's gonna mean challenge. It's going to be hard. There's going to be times you just absolutely don't like. And so here these guys are, they're going out here and I, man, I, the Lord has called me, but now there's somebody was, was standing me. And I have to, I have to give words to, I have to look into that thing. I have to do something. And so don't, don't let us discourage you. I, I want to remind you of something in Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, it says this, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. See, first and foremost, don't let those things trip you up in such a way that you you quit or that you retreat from the battle that is in front of you. The Bible tells you what your viewpoint should be. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not, against flesh and blood. The issue wasn't that Paul and Barnabas needed to get into some kind of hand fight with Alamos. The thing is, you have to recognize what the situation was. This is over them. And if you read in there, he says something very interesting in verse 10 and said, oh, full of subtlety and all mischief. Immediately, this guy knows the spirit of what Alamos is doing is from the devil himself. And he calls it out. See, sometimes maybe that person has offended you so much and that you just you're trying to address that person. Man, look beyond that person. Is there something greater at work? So that way you know how to fight. The Lord has given you the tools and the weapons in which to wage war. But if I use the wrong tool for the job, I don't get it finished. I may make more of a mess. If there's welding I got to do, I'm not going to bring a a caulking gun up there. That's not going to (laughs) work. You don't want me to have done that on the uh, Performing Arts Center. I would recommend do not walk in that building if that's the case. (laughs) Okay? If there's welding got to be done, I got to use a weld machine. Ain't no getting around it. It says it continues to say, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take on you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Notice it does not say take parts of his armor. It says all of it. If Paul and Barnabas, because, you know, here's what we think today. In our minds, we just make statues of Paul and like, right? Like he's just such a stud in our minds, right? That we just think like this guy is is incredible man, (laughs) right? Now, yes, he is a faithful man, but he is just a man. And he could have still mishandled this situation. And so if you've done that, that's okay. The Bible just tells you, you got to put on the whole armor. Now, I didn't list for you that. I want to at least leave a hanging chad there so that you will go back and look at what is that whole armor because that's not the focus of our study this morning. But I'm just telling you, the Lord has equipped you. Don't ever feel like you're in situations where now you have to do what your flesh tells you to do. Yet you have to do what your emotions tell you to do. Man, we want to put those things away because the Lord has given us the answer. The other work that they were able to do as they were called out was speak the truth in love. A specific quality, listen, get this, carried out by the mature and by leaders. Now, I should qualify that and say it should be. There are a lot of times that people learn that verse to speak the truth in love. And then what they do is they just cut people's heads off. (laughs) They missed the whole part when it said in love. I mean, it's just something that sometimes we like to do. When our lives are a little bit messy, and if somebody's getting on your skin and then you want to make sure you let, I know your stuff is messy. Don't talk about my stuff. Let me tell you how messy you are. That is not speaking the truth in love. (laughs) See, we have to understand what it says and why I say of the mature and by leaders. Because the thing I want you to be wrestling with is, well, where am I? Am I mature? Am I a leader? Am I both? What would the Lord say? Like, that's the thing we got to start asking ourselves. How I handle the situations that come up in my life is going to tell me where I'm at. I may think that I am more mature than what I actually am. And you know what? It's okay if you find out that you are immature and there's some issues that you've got to, man, praise the Lord. It's okay. You need to just agree with God concerning that. Let's see what it says in Ephesians 4:11 through15, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why? To we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, not to somehow measure that my mess is lighter than your mess, so don't ever try to call me out on my mess. It's not what it says. There's a standard that we're trying to get to, that we all come in the unity of the faith. I'm not trying to sow seeds of discord. It's about unity. Then it goes on to say, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That is the measuring stick. If I'm speaking the truth in love, then the thing that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to provoke you into a right standing with the Lord, that you are shaped up and good. And so, man, that is a careful space to dwell in. When you leave counsel from me, you should not feel torn apart. If you do, I did it wrong. It's not to just uh, just throw my authority over you and say, well, I'm fellowship leader. This is how it is. And if you don't like it, hit the road. <laughs> oh, no. I, listen, I know who I have to answer to for that. And it ain't Sam. It's his father, because he's my father. And I don't want that conversation. I'm just telling you. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Why? That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up unto him in all things which is the head, even Christ. See? Because of that speaking the truth and love that Paul is doing, and we're going to read that, we looked at it last week, so I don't want to, you know, kind of rehash it. But this is the thing in terms of just seeing God's love and his patience, because remember how we went back and looked at what what did the people do as a result of God's moving them forward, pulling them out of Egypt, right? That they picked a king over him, that they didn't continue to get rid of those inhabitants in the land of Canaan. Just the utter disrespect that in terms of what we do when God is trying to move us forward. And then we're like, no, I want to move three steps backwards and then blame you or just retire my faithfulness from you. I mean, come on. We have a good father. And the thing that I, I want to make sure that we understand is like we, to stop being disrespectful by our disobedience. Because it's just, it's so easy for us. Man, I know how it is for me. I can make all kinds of excuses on why I, I don't have to do or whatever the case may be. And the Lord's like, what are you doing? You don't belong to you, son. I died for you. And even more importantly, I'm standing up right now for you. What are you doing? That's not the name you carry. I need to remember, we need to remember who it is that we belong to. There's a property shift, and I love that with everything that Paul is trying to highlight for these individuals that are now his audience is just to simply say God has been faithful and he has continued all the way up to now. Guys, we made a mistake. We crucified the Messiah, and so you saw that in 16 through 12. And so now the, the, the thing that we're going to focus on today is that what these men have been called to do or all of those things that I had mentioned, preach the word, to engage in spiritual warfare, to speak the truth in love is also to share the gospel. Is also to share the gospel. Let's look at it. Verse 26 through 41 and then he says here in Acts 13, 26 to 41 men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, to you is this word is the word, excuse me, of this salvation sent. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them, those prophets, those things that were said of Jesus. They have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. But God raised him from the dead and he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people and we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, and that he hath raised up Jesus again. I love that. As it is also written in the second Psalm, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption. He said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Wherefore, he has said also in another Psalm, thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised again saw no corruption. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Man, and by him, all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. And here is a very poignant warning. Beware therefore lest thou come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold you despisers and wonder and perish for I work or work in your days a work which ye shall in no wise believe though a man declare it unto you. And so of all of these things, we see that it is sharing the gospel. Man, they're preaching the word. They're doing, you know, they're speaking the truth in love. They're laying this kind of this foundation. And the thing I want you to understand—remember, way back now, this is—I mean, maybe a month and a half ago, 36 years ago, <laughs> when I first started Acts 13—that uh, we said of the whole chapter that it was the walk and then the witness, and then the way, okay? You kind of remember that? I mean, it's like a long time ago. And if not, you got to go back and listen. Sorry. (laughs) And so there is this thing that is happening because the Holy Spirit is leading. We've seen this focus has shift to what is the Holy Spirit doing? Remember that Jesus had said to the disciples, hey, sit still until you get the power of the Holy Spirit. And after that, hit the road, get to it. So this is important that we're seeing this. And these guys are doing, as we would say in today's world, walking in the spirit. Okay, now, so I want you to understand something. Why is that important? Because these men agree with the spirit. These men are in agreement with the spirit. And so this morning, I want you to understand something. How do you agree? You agree by willingness. So now let me tear down this statue you may have in Paul's mind. The only difference between him and us at times is he's willing and we're not. That's the only difference. With all the talents that he has and all that, the Lord could care less about that. It becomes more important that you are willing. Because listen, when you refuse to be willing, you opt out. How can the Lord use you if you just say no? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to Bible study. I'm not finishing discipleship. I'm not coming to church. Oh, What do you think is going to happen? The enemy has been waiting for you to make that decision so that he can, like in a few good men, get some soap in a sock and just beat you to death with it. That's, I mean, that's what he wants to do to you. Is pummel you to nothing. Again, Sam has been alluding to the hatred that he has for us because we are dirt bags <laughs> that get to be sons and daughters of God. Dirt bags. Like if we just went outside, collected some dirt, put it in a baggie, and then <laughs> put justified on it, sanctified, and not yet glorified, which is why it still looks like that, <laughs> right? Like that would be us. That he's made out of precious jewels. He's at the temple in a showcase. You gonna let these dirt bags have your glory? That doesn't matter. I hate them, and I will make sure that that you know that that was a terrible idea. Every chance I get. So then, what do we do? Our flesh, and they, they like to partner up together on these robberies, right? The robbery for God's glory in my life they like to partner up and get together and put me in this eye place where now my willingness is not there. Second Corinthians 8 10 through t- 10 excuse me through 12 it says and herein I give my advice <laughs> for this is expedient for you who have begun before not only to do but also to be forward a year ago. Now therefore perform the doing of it that as there was a readiness to will so that there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. And get this, for if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to a man hath and not according that he hath not. Your your lack of ability is of no concern to the Lord. He just wants you to do it because he's going to equip you to do whatever it is that you need to do. The Lord is not going to launch me from my couch into being senior pastor nowhere. (laughs) If he does, you should be afraid of that church. That's a cult. That's what that is. And you'll end up as Waco and Jim Jones and all, all them cats did all that. Right? Nobody, there's no history of them rising to anything. They just get in power and then they go crazy. Man, I, I listen, the Lord bled and died and now in great authority, in resurrection power has left behind his word, the Holy Spirit, and the church. I don't have an excuse not to be willing. This is the most skilled or uh, tooled up time in human history. It's now, and also the least effective. Because we just, you know, uh, well, maybe if I, I mean, I got to work, so no, I can't do that. (laughs) Listen, man, guilty. I mean, I did that for a long time. And then I came here, (laughs) and I couldn't, because Eric Phillips was going to ask me questions of if I was coming here or not. (laughs) You know, I was like, Eric, stop bothering me. But man, praise God for my brothers. You know, there are so many people that just said something in a hallway, or in a meeting, or a word that I heard preach, or something that just said, "Man, I got to be a part of what's happening here." And I and, I, and so I love like okay, are the guys that serve in this class and other ladies, ladies, I, I haven't forgot you. Okay, I'm not. This is not a sexist thing. Just to have the guys serving, it's on purpose. Listen, just so you understand my heart, I'm trying to have deacons come out of this, not for my glory, but because these guys are owning the ministry and I want your votes for them. So they got to serve you. They understand that. They know that. That's what I tell them. And so I'm going to just chill. (laughs) I'm going to get you. Okay, but let, let these guys, they want it. Nobody, nobody is, yes, yeah, Stacey's like, we good, <laughs> right? Because the ladies are always, they will fill if you say a sign up a thing, is always ladies' names on there. The dudes is just chilling, doing nothing, right? And so, man, I praise God for that, right? Like that willingness, what is that willingness gonna do? And for the ladies that are married to these guys, it's sexy. Getting coffee and donuts, praise the Lord. <laughs> I mean, it's good, man. It's good, I'm telling you. Okay, now listen. So I said you have to agree with the spirit. You feel you here in your time of study, and the Lord is tapping on your heart, and He's saying, Hey, you need to be a part of this. You need to do this. I want you to, I want you to go. I, I, I want you to just, you know, sign up or start praying, start financially supporting, whatever it is. Okay. And every one of those times that I have done that, it has worked out to. Extraordinary blessing for me, and in a temporal way, right? like something I could see. But the thing that I'm counting on is that later on, when I meet the Lord, he say, hey, remember when you said yeah the this? this is what that looks like behind door number one with the little skinny microphone and all that. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. I, Man, I can't wait. That's, see, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to store up treasure for myself. Because I understand this is eternal. This has eternal value. See, but when you don't agree with the spirit, it causes three things. It causes you to grieve the spirit, to quench it, or to resist it. And in particular, when you look at Ephesians 4.30, it says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, where you are sealed until the day of redemption. That means don't offend it. Man, the Lord has made you a vessel that he wants to be a vessel for honor. And when you refuse to do that's offensive to the spirit, because, listen, you have God's spirit. It already agrees with God's command. It already agrees with the Lord Jesus. Why don't I agree? Man, listen, it's. Playtime is over for that stuff. You got to understand what you're really engaging in. Because, man, uh, <laughs> the jeweled one, <laughs> Satan, yeah, he can't wait to always remind, constantly at the throne. You see that? That's what you die for? Yeah, look at that. Look at him. Not willing to do nothing. Yeah, I'm going to see you. I'll catch up with you later. <sighs> Shut his mouth by faithfulness. Just be faithful. The next thing we looked at is quench in 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Very easily It just says quench not the spirit to suppress it, to stifle it. We got to get out of this thing of this self-sabotage that sometimes we, we do. We understand that because sometimes we'll do that at work. You know, it's like you're a good worker and your boss, your people see you doing that but it's only 50 cents more an hour, and you don't want the headache, so you kind of just will mess up a Oh, I made a mistake. I can't do it, so <laughs> get somebody else. <laughs> we do the same thing in our walk, right? It's like the same possibility. We are so afraid to have to be responsible to the Lord that we just are always in need. And I mean the kind of need that's not the desperation of the Lord, use me. It's like the desperation like, Lord, I made a mess can you wipe me up again? I'm sorry, I made a mess again. Man, listen, I, I got tired of that from my own life. And you know, for me, fellas, having a wife, and again, just speaking to the, when you're smart, you marry up. And so when you marry up, you see the faithfulness of your wife to some degree is hinging on your faithfulness. And I remember that moment, I truly realized that I wasn't leading her. I was just accompanying her to church. Oh, man, it broke my heart. The Lord was like, you're not leading her, man. Lead her. Well, I don't know how to do that. I know. Get in the book. Get to church. Stop having waffles and go to church. Remember I told you, I could tell you all the great places to eat. And don't let there be a kid's thing on. Kids, oh yeah, see ya. I'm out, (laughs) bacon and waffles. Here I come. No, listen, let the kids minister to you. If you don't have them, let them minister to you. And don't treat this place like this ain't the mall. Is the spirit of the Lord here or not? It grieved me. And that conversation was rough between me and him and that couch and the sniffling. And the tears, and I just okay, Lord, what, what's the next step? And you know how the Lord is, He's like, take a baby step, you don't have to leap, just go to church. <laughs> how thought we start there? And then I started seeing people and meeting people and getting closer. Because you know, I did the thing, I was really on fire, and then I kind of cooled off once we got married. And then it was like the Lord's like, Nope. <laughs> no, no, you're not about to worship this marriage. Because that's going to really be a disaster. So go to church. Lead your wife in that. Because if not, I waste Serene. You guys know Serene. I waste her. If we having brunch right now, this is where she's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? And so ladies, if you are single, be careful of who you are going to let your leadership come from. Be careful. We better talk about it. If he ain't sitting in here, no. So, okay. (laughs) I don't want to go into that anymore. So, resist. You know it. I pulled it up last week in terms of Stephen's message and Paul's message. On one hand, there's an indictment. Of, of Israel coming out of Stephen's mouth, but listen, even though everything that Stephen was saying was super sharp, it's the truth. And he's speaking the truth in love too. And that glimpse and that glimmer of the Lord being standing up is a big deal. Cause man, the leaders, Jewish leadership, they had an opportunity. They have an opportunity for the Lord to take his place on the throne. And that opportunity just closed. And the sad thing about it, if you remember back to that story, is Stephen is the only one that saw it. Nobody even noticed. It became a comfort for him to be able to endure the stoning that was now right upon him. This is what it says. This is what he said, which it was like, oh, the rocks are coming to you, my brother. Acts 751. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, You do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. Rocks are coming. That's sharp. It's true, though. Right? Like it's true. I don't want to be adverse. I don't want to oppose. I don't want to strive against the Holy Spirit that the Lord has implanted in me. Because my heart and my mind are not in tune with what it is that he's got going on. See, I don't want to just keep looking at Paul and Barnabas like, these are the great impossible. These are these heroes of the faith. Man, praise the Lord for those guys. What, what do you have for me though, Lord? Like that's where I'm at with him now is I, I want what you want for me. And I don't need Paul's life, but I need my life. And I want to see what it is that you have for me. The only way I'm going to get that is I have to be willing. And you know how the Lord is, he likes to ratchet it up because you know how we are, but well, we can talk a good game and all feels good until you feel that fire on your feet. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, I was just playing. I'm gonna go back to, no, 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 listen, no, no. So brother Justin, I'm gonna use him as a reference here for a second and brother Kenny, they got into preach night And I asked, not told. I mean, I probably strongly implied. (laughs) And I said, hey, I want to be out of town. You guys have been through preach night. Praise the Lord. And you need the reps. Would you guys? And there wasn't stammering or stuttering. I remember Justin's in particular. And and he was just like, yes, okay, yeah." And he kind of does that sometimes when he's a little like Vacillating with the idea, he will kind of laugh and smile and then make the statement and then so there was all that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but listen, we're about you guys will get to witness whatever it is that God is going to do in that man's life because he was willing. And prayerfully, these guys, when when that next round of preach night comes up, I'm gonna just present it to every guy in this class. Man, I'd love for you to be a part of that. Why? Because I so I told you guys the vision of this class is to have shepherds and evangelists. The only way we're gonna get that is we gotta be willing. You see that right? So it, man, I don't want you to just get behind me and chant and an applause. I want you to get behind me and do the work. So ladies, that's why I'm saying be in the Bible studies. It matters. Almost every lady that I'm looking at is a part of one of our Bible studies, and so. Man, get in there. You guys can still be shepherds and evangelists from that platform. Man, I, guys, at some point, mine and Miller's prayerfully will split, that guys have to take opportunity within these Bible studies. Man, that's, that's how this is going to work. You got to be willing. Don't grieve, don't quench, don't resist. Here's the principle. Walking in the spirit gives us the opportunity to be a witness for God. Walking in the spirit gives us the opportunity to be a witness for God. Listen, don't you want your life to work out that way? Don't you want to be a witness for him? Just because you have everything, you have your salvation. Man, listen, walk in the spirit and just watch how he uses you. I don't even care anymore how he does. I'm just like, at first, when you first starting out, you're kind of afraid. You're like, well, this, not this. And OK, th- on this day and this time and only for this many hours, Lord. And then, no, the Lord's like, no, clear off your calendar. I'm going to fill it. So I remember, like, just in terms of you seeing how that has worked out in my life, you guys know you've been a part of me being fellowship leader over this whole time. And uh, for those of you that have been here the whole time, some of you, most of you have. And it would have been like, say, when I came back from vacation, I had to do uh, something for FBI class. Then I had no, I had Bible study, something for FBI class, and I had to teach. That for sure, early on in faith fellowship, I would have been scheduling somebody to teach on Sunday. It's like, oh, that's too much, right? I can't. That's I can't, there's too many times that I got to prepare and do. But I, because I've just been faithful. Not super skilled, not super awesome. Lord, I praise the Lord for your grace and mercy that you've had to endure over the years. But you guys have seen it, the Lord is changing me. So I didn't ask for help because I don't need it. <laughs> I have the Lord's help. So I did the commitment that I had on Monday, and then on Friday, and then on Sunday. And that's not a brag. I'm just saying, I see that the Lord is growing me. Because beforehand, I would have been like, nope, I'm, one of these is getting passed to some, one of my brothers. Justin, I'm calling you again. <laughs> Can you cover for me on Sunday or something like that? No, no. See, I don't, I'm, I'm at this point now and, and, and I'm praying that the Lord will get you in the same spot, that I don't look at the Lord as um, something I pencil in when it's convenient. I understand that this life is his life. And so, whenever, however, he wants to fill it up, man, praise the Lord. If he's going to use me in that way, I'm going I'm to take it. Right? And so, perhaps it is to my Bible study leaders in here, this is what I want y'all to do. Somebody else needs to host Bible study. You have to let somebody else do that. So, the faithful, That's coming. That is there. Okay, let them do that. Now, Kenny and I co-lead that. But man, there's going to be a time. Brother Nathan said he's going to step in there. Ken Beach, my brother's going to get in there. Why? Because, man, it's not about me just getting out of glory and look what I've done and pat myself on the back. That's stupid. That's not a good leader. I want to be the kind of leader that says, look around, Lord. You got a lot of vessels that you can use for whatever you want. That's how I see y'all. Not lower than me, but with me. Does that make sense? With me, so be with me, be willing. That's all I am. Let's let the Lord figure out who's talented enough to be. I can't do what Rosie does. She sings Revelation song about just give up the ghost. The whole time she was gone, time I heard it in my head, it was her voice. And when she sung it last Sunday, I about lost it. That's praise the Lord. If I get up there, you, we will just lose the church. It's different, very different, <laughs> not the same. And so understand that principle. Walking in the spirit gives us the opportunity to be a witness for God. For God. Don't try to pick and choose what it is or how God's going to use you. Just be ready. Those terms of the gospel, obviously, we have to point those things out with the little bit of time that we have here. In 27 and 28, we see that Jesus was sinless. If we just look back at it, it says, for they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which were read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. Notice that. And though they found no cause of death in him, okay, so that Jesus sinless, then was crucified. Well, we see that in verse 28, when it says that they desired the Father that he should be slain. Then we see that he was buried, In 29, when they had fulfilled all that was written to him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in the sepulcher, which for those of you that don't know that $10 word, it just means grave. And then Jesus was resurrected 30 and 31, where it says, but God raised him from the dead. And he was seen many days of them, which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. Now, this is good news, y'all. This is good news. That's how we had to treat it. And I like that Pharaoh had made a mention to mention that as a as a doctrinal position. God, listen, (laughs) the Lord did not die on the cross and be resurrected so that you can hold signs up to tell everybody what God hates. Because God probably hates that. So, man, are you? Maybe you don't see it as good news, which is why you don't say it as good news. It's good news. And listen to what the Bible says about good news in in particular in Proverbs 25, 25. I'm sorry, I may not have that in your PowerPoint there. But it says this, and it's so true. As cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. Man, it's cold water. You know that boy that day. You you get in your car and you had it turned the wrong way and the sun has been kissing that steering wheel and the inside of it feels like a sauna. It's hotter in there than it is outside. Right. And then, like, maybe you stop and get a cool drink. And why does it you just close your eyes from the refreshment? (laughs) That's how the gospel is. I feel the heat of every situation and scenario in my life until the gospel shows up. Now it's refreshed. Now I'm quenched. And so, man, if I have more time and I will just park it right here, we're going to that way I can I'll maybe go into it a little more because I have to read some of this Sure, mercies of David. There is something in Psalms that I was just floored by. And the thing is this just to simply just set it up for you in, in your mind. The thing that, you know, we're looking at is this not just going to be a benefit to Israel. Obviously, by that Savior, come, it's, he saved everybody. But you got to see the surety of that, the mercy, the viewpoint that God has about that. And so we'll talk about that next week. But listen, just as we pause where we are, I pray that you hear me. It's about willingness. Let this year be that year that you were, that the Lord said, man, this year you were willing. You got stretched, you got pulled, you got pushed into spaces and places that the Lord saw fit for you to be in. Just be willing. Let the Lord decide where that's going to end up. Fellas, you don't have to worry that everything is going to be this platform. But if it is, say amen. I'm not afraid of whatever the future is for me, because I know God is with me. God is with you as well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much um, just for the truth of your word. And Lord, I pray that we would just consider um, to have a willing heart. Lord, we want to be a witness. And Lord, I pray that that is more than just something we would say as if, you know, to just like like a scripted response but that actually our heart and mind would be in a place of willingness. That Lord, that you would grow up in this class, shepherds and evangelists, both men and women from our Bible studies to discipleship to some of those guys that will be preaching uh, before us. Lord, I, my hand is off of them. Your hand be upon this class and upon me. Lord, guide us, lead us, direct us however you see fit. Lord, help us to remember not to resist, not to quench, not to grieve. The Holy Spirit, Lord, we are thankful for it. Lord, be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.